the name of the Lord. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you and you may be seated. Welcome to Life Church. Today we're going to be talking about being fit for life. And uh, during our discussion today, we're going to focus on quality of life issues and how these are important, even in a spiritual setting, even in the church, to discuss them. We're going to talk about some things today that you may hear Oprah talking about. Uh, but And you may say, well, Pastor, why don't you leave that to Oprah? She's doing a good job. She gains weight, loses weight, gains weight, loses weight, and tells everybody about how you got to love your body and all this stuff. And But uh, quality of life issues, is this a discussion we should be having in church? Is this something we can talk about in the house of the Lord? I believe the Word of God here in this verse of Scripture that we read tells us that Jesus planned for us to have a quality of life that would amaze other people. A quality of life that would be a witness to other people. Can I get an amen? A quality of life that would make other people say, I wish I could enjoy life like they are enjoying life. And if my life is bad, if I have a life that's not fulfilling, if I'm always depressed, discouraged, if I feel bad all the time, if I'm sickly and weak and shabby all the time, is this the kind of witness that I want to reveal to the world and to declare to the world that I serve and live God and this is my life? Don't you want a life like this? Everybody's like, no, thank you. Like mine, just fine. We should have fullness of life. As Christians, we should have a quality of life, amen, that is fascinating to people around us. And we know there are many elements of this quality of life, putting our trust in Jesus, leaning on him, and not carrying the stress that other people stress that don't have Jesus, and people that have to worry about things that we don't have to worry about because we put our trust in the Lord, amen? But uh, my life should bring him glory, and there should be fullness of life. Not just one area of my life is blessed, but God wants to bless every area of your life and every area of your life to be a witness and a testimony and bring glory to the Lord. The Bible says of the church that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and our purpose is to show forth. The praises of him who hath brought us out of darkness and into his marvelous life. The greatest witness that God has to this world is your life. Your lives are a megaphone that declared to the world, God is great and greatly to be praised. The children of Israel in the Old Testament were God's covenant people. And God said, I'm going to bless you so that other peoples can observe and say, those one God people are different. Those people who worship one God and don't worship idols are blessed beyond measure. Look at all the cattle. Look at the blessings. Look at the health. Look at the strength in their life. God's favor must be upon them. God said, that's the way I want it. So I can show forth my glory through you. And God wants to show through forth his glory through our lives. Show forth the praises of Him. My life is to bring God glory. My life is to be a witness and a testimony to the world. Amen? When we talk about our life being a witness, some people believe that the only issue is spiritual health. That if I am spiritually healthy, then my life declares a great witness to the world. That is partially true. But I don't believe that's all that Jesus was talking about when He said, I'm going to give you life to the fullness, life to the extreme. I believe that God wants us to be fit, body, mind, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. See, there's a lot of people in the world that are physically fit, but they're not spiritually fit. There's a lot of people that are physically fit, but emotionally they're a wreck. There's people that are emotionally strong, but they have no spiritual connection to God. But when you are a child of God, I believe it's God's will for us to put the three together and to be fit for life and to have a witness based on our spiritual connection with God, based on our emotional stability through Jesus Christ and the fitness uh, of our body as well. I'm not saying we have to look like Hollywood celebrities or have to look like bodybuilders or models, supermodels. That's unrealistic. I'm not talking about body image or appearance, but I'm talking about health in the body. 
and God's will and desire, I believe, for us to be healthy. I believe physical, emotional, and spiritual health are related, and they are codependent. Amen? And the problem is, if people have their spiritual life and health intact, supposedly, but their physical body is being ignored or mistreated, then what happens is their lack of health begins to affect them, begins to affect their attitude, their mood, their energy level, their effectiveness, and their quality of life. And if my life is a witness to this world of Jesus Christ, uh, then that should be something that concerns me. The thief came to kill, to distill, and to destroy. This is the effects of sin. That's why one of the uh, most destructive things you can do to your body is smoking cigarettes. It's the worst thing that you can do to your body. Drinking and drug use and all of these things bring about such a terrible effect on a person's life. And sometimes you may see someone and you observe them and they look older than they really are. And you say, they've had a tough life. They haven't taken care of themselves. And uh, the physical body, when sin is loose in a person's life, the temple is destroyed. That's why we teach against certain things in, uh, uh, in the kingdom of God, in Christianity, that uh, destroy the physical body. Amen? And we, we talk about Christians not being smokers and drinkers and drug users. Why? Because alcohol destroys brain cells. Amen? Because cigarette smoke, uh, smoking cigarettes takes years away from your life and destroys the quality of your life. Because the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, so it doesn't belong to you. This body is not mine. I can't abuse it. I can't destroy it. I can't defile it. It belongs to the Lord. This is God's body. And so defiling the temple, however, has more to do than just not smoking or not drinking or not taking drugs or not being involved in immorality or uh, being immodest and painting up like a prostitute. But being having a body that belongs to the Lord and not defiling it also has to do with certain issues in our life that may not be sin. And I, I see people sometimes that are sometimes maybe overweight and lethargic and their skin tone is bad and their expression is not good and their, rem their mood even reflects their disrespect and mistreatment of their body. Not because they want to. Maybe they're too busy to take control of it. Maybe they have no self-control. Maybe they don't feel that it deserves their attention. But I want to tell you today, I want to let you know that this is something at Life Church that you need to consider. That my life is a testimony and a witness to the world. And I know uh, this is a sensitive subject. And uh, when we begin to talk about these things, people are like, maybe laugh it off or tease one another. So that's fine. You know, that's fun. It's all in fun because I've been overweight uh, in my life myself. I've overeaten. I love to eat. And uh, uh, sometimes I don't eat always healthy like I should, but I feel like the Lord has dealt with me recently about this because of my witness to the world and because of my witness to other people. Not that I should look perfect and sculpted, but that I should be healthy and happy and have the kind of mood that a Christian should have. And a lot of this happens by things that I do to my body, things that I take into my body and don't allow to be taken into my body. And uh, even though... Uh, it's mirth-provoking to talk about these things. It's not very funny when I go visit somebody, a saint of God here in Pasadena or in my home church in Tennessee or any, any place that I've been in, in Fort Wayne where my wife lives. And there are people who have been wonderful people, spiritual people, but they've not taken care of their body. And their quality of life is miserable toward the end of their life. And it's, it's heartbreaking. It's sad because they have not taken care to be fit with the with their spirit, their mind, and their body as well. And then the flip side is to visit people like your former pastor, Brother Watts, who is in his moving into his middle 70s. And he and his wife have great health. And they're enjoying their retirement. And they're enjoying their children and their grandchildren. They're traveling, doing all the things that, they're, that they wanted to do. They're enjoying their life. 
And I realize it's because of discipline and it's because of decisions that they made. And it's because of a decision that I want to be fit in body for my own health as an investment in my future, but also as a testimony to the world. And I say, you know what, there's something there. I don't think it's God's will for us to spend uh, the, the, the years of our life uh, beyond our 60s in just a constant state of, uh, um, uh, of sickness and pain. And I know most of us here today, most everybody here today is young, so you're my audience today. And uh, uh, you have time to make a change. Somebody said, when's the best time to start working on your retirement? What's the best time to start saving for your retirement? Anybody know what the answer is? Right now. <laughs> But I'm already 50. Well, you can't turn back the clock, but you can start right now to make a difference in your retirement. Amen? And as a young person or a young married couple, somewhere along the way, you've got to have a wake-up call and say, you know what, it is worth it to, to invest in my physical body and making sure that uh, I invest in my future. Amen? Hallelujah. So, people, as I mentioned, like our, our former pastor here, invested in looking good and feeling good. And this is part of abundant life. I believe this is a part of life in its fullest. Someone may say, well, isn't it egotistical to want to look good? Isn't that going on an ego trip? You know, after all, the Bible talks about mortifying the deeds of our body. Or that we're supposed to resist the flesh and embrace the spirit. Amen. How many know that's the truth? And our, our flesh will lead us into sin. We resist the flesh because it's weak, and we embrace the Spirit because it's connected to God. But while the Bible speaks of this, it does not mean that we should hate our body. Are you with me? It doesn't mean that we should despise our bodies. In fact, they were given to us by God as a gift to help us fulfill what He's called us to do. So by despising our bodies, we're not pleasing the Lord. What if, what if uh, everywhere you went, you ran into somebody that you didn't like. That person was at every party. That person was there close to you in church. That person was there when you sat down to dinner at the dinner table. Went swimming, they were there. Got ready to go to bed, they were there. Person you can't stand, person you don't like. The problem is many people do not like themselves. This is the issue, the depth of the problem. Everybody says, I don't dislike myself, but... Most people don't realize it, but many people hate themselves and their bodies. But the reality is God gave you your body. God gave me my body. It's a faithful servant, and we shouldn't hate our body. Some people hate their bodies, and, and there are issues in their life that have produced this. Some people hate their bodies because of emotional or sexual abuse as a child that put them in a position where they despise their physical body. They feel ugly, and they feel no good. And uh, some of these people that experience this abuse as a young person or as a child or as a, a teenager uh, end up either overeating or not eating enough or they don't exercise or they overexercise or they're anorexic or bulimic and they're full of hatred and disgust with themselves. Many, many times at the root of, uh, 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 of, of eating issues or health issues uh, that have to do with eating is uh, a bit of self self-hatred and despising yourself or despising your body. Not only this, but some of us uh, hate our bodies because of uh, Hollywood and the image consciousness and the impossible to attain perfect appearance that makes us say, why even try? I'll never look like that person. And then the beauty industry that's selling its products and telling us you've got to have my product or it's impossible for you to be a healthy person. And for other people, it's age and sickness in their body that causes them to not like themselves and, and be upset with their bodies and they have unrealistic expectations. Maybe some people are chasing their youth and unwilling to accept the fact that everybody has to grow older. Why can't I look like that actress who's 20 years old? Because you're 40 years old. Quit trying to measure yourself up and being miserable about who you are. Be happy with who you are. Be happy that God made you like you are. Amen? But the first step to being fit for life fit in body 
is you've got to get rid of this self-loathing or hatred of your body or despising who you are. I don't like myself. I saw this little video clip of going down the street and asking people, what is it that you'd like to change about? Well, I'd like to be taller. I'd like to lose 40 pounds. I'd like to have smaller feet. I wish I had more erect posture. All of these things that people wish they could change about themselves. The first step is to accept yourself as a creation of God that is fearfully and wonderfully made and say, you know what? I don't despise this body. I don't hate this body. I'm thankful for this body. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm grateful for the body that the Lord has given to me. So you've got to learn how to love yourself so that you can start to feel better. The best way to do this is learn how to receive God's unconditional love. God loves you. Amen? And God loves me. And I'm thankful for God's love. Not only that, but you've got to learn how to enjoy life. Amen? How many remember uh, going on a, a trip when you were a child? Or maybe as parents you remember taking your children on a trip. And you got out of the driveway, got down off of the street that you live on, you merged onto the freeway, and all of a sudden you begin to hear, Are we there yet? No, son, we've got four hours. How many minutes is that? 240 minutes. Oh, man. Four minutes later. We're almost there. You know why? Because as children, we're not interested in the journey. We're interested in the destination. And the problem is with, with life, if you don't learn how to enjoy the journey, you're always pushing for the destination. You're not going to be happy. You're going to be miserable. And even though what I'm doing today may not be the end result of what I want my life to be, I'm on a journey, and I'm going to enjoy each day of my life. I'm going to enjoy the pathway and the journey. And part of being happy with myself is learning how to enjoy life. Yeah, I wish I would have got a master's degree. I wish I had my doctorate in this and that. I, I, I wish that I had this different thing in my life. But you know what? I'm going to enjoy today on the journey of life. I'm not going to be disgusted with myself uh, every morning. Amen? And you've got to learn to view your body as your friend instead of your enemy. My physical body is not my enemy. I don't hate my body because it's not my enemy. It's my friend. After all, I'm blaming all this stuff on my body. It's not my body's fault. My body just does what I, reacts to what I do to it, what I give it. Amen? It's not the one that's responsible. But fitness for life or total fitness includes body, soul, and spirit. The soul is your mind and your emotions. First Thessalonians 5 and 23 says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until that day when our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Don't tell me that God doesn't care about our physical body. He says, Let you let, keep your mind, spirit, and your body blameless. And so what we have to do is we have to do maintenance, spirit maintenance. How many are glad for spiritual growth and spiritual maintenance that we do? Maintenance of our soul, which is our mind or our emotions. Thank you, church, for letting my wife and I go on a vacation. We had a wonderful time, and it was emotional uh, release. It was very relaxing, and we gained so much strength during that time. And this was important, this maintenance. And finally, maintenance of the body as well. But here, I believe one of the best ways to take care of your spirit and your soul on earth is to take care of your body. Because if you don't take care of your body, it affects your emotions, it affects your mind, and ultimately it can affect your spirit. I wonder how many people have backslid because of emotional depression that they blamed on God. That was more a product of what they were eating and drinking and not exercising. It's wonder. I don't have an answer. But it can affect every part of you. As I said, your body is a temple, a temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in you, and your body was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. If you came into this church as a visitor... And everything was run down. The grass and the weeds were grown up and the walls were in need of paint. Everything was peeling and the windows were broken. If you walked into a church like that, what would you think? 
I mean, I think it would give you a negative impression because it's not just a building, but it's an instrument for celebrating the glory of God. And our body is the same way. It is an instrument, amen, given to us for experiencing life here on earth and also for doing the work that God's called us to do. The work that I have to do, I've got to do it in my body. Amen. I've got to preach from this body. I've got to share my witness from this body. I've got to love people from this body and serve people and, and minister and help people get to heaven from this body. It's an instrument for experiencing and enjoying life and also for doing good works. If my body is shabby and sick all the time, I will not be able to do what God wants me to do. I can't preach. I can't testify. I can't share the message of Jesus Christ. So is it egotistical to want to look? I don't think so. To want to feel good, to want to have good health. Sloppiness of appearance shows a lack of self-respect. I'm not talking about style, the old style or the new style. I'm talking about someone who doesn't take care and take pride in how they appear. Looking good and feeling good go together. And uh, sloppiness of appearance is a type of low self-esteem, not taking care of yourself. These things go hand in hand, looking good and feeling Feeling good and looking good. Now, I understand I'm not talking about looking perfect, trying to look like you came off a magazine. But using what God has given you, feel good, look good. Amen? How many ever heard this one before? Hey, man, my car runs a lot better when it's clean. Have you ever done that before? You're sick of your car, ready to sell it, but you go out and wash it and do a wax job and detail the inside, and you're like, wow. Who knew I had this in my driveway the whole time? How beautiful. And you feel pride driving down the road in that clean car. Anybody, I'm telling you the truth, aren't I? The same is true with our physical body. When we take care of it, amen, when we go out looking good, it, it is, it's a great witness. And we feel better. And we look better. And we look better. And we feel better. I want to tell you that taking care of your life and your body is not an indulgence. It's not a waste of time. It's a way of respecting God and respecting other people. Amen? Say, what do you mean other people? I'm talking about the people who are tired of hearing you complain about how bad you feel. I'm talking about the people that you're going to be a burden on as you get older if you don't take care of yourself. It's respecting God and respecting other people. Amen? So uh, exercise, healthy eating, and fitness of body, it takes time and energy. Can I get an amen? Can't take a fitness pill. That pill. Feel better. Look better. Don't make the pound melt right off of me. Give me the pill. I'll go have my T-bone. Give me the pill. Let's go. But the reality is it's an investment to be fit in body. It takes work. It takes sacrifice. It takes commitment. It takes time. And it takes discipline. What it is, is it is an investment. Everyone say investment. It's an investment. Many people believe that health of the body, the physical body, is of low priority, and it's unimportant. They've got so many other things that they have to do, so many other things piled into their day, whether it's making money or caring for family or all the responsibilities that we have, even working for God. And so then all of a sudden uh, it becomes a low priority and unimportant, and they don't invest in their health. But the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, we love this scripture because it says bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable to all men. But let me read you from another translation. It says physical exercise has some value. Are you with me? Physical exercise has some value, but spiritual exercise is much more important. That doesn't mean you only do spiritual exercise and neglect physical exercise. There is some importance to physical exercise. First Corinthians 6, 14, 15, I like this verse. It says, your body was not made for sexual immorality. Your bodies were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about your body. Your bodies were made for the Lord, and he cares about your bodies. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Your bodies are actually parts of I understand, brothers and sisters, we're going to have sickness and pain in this world. 
It's a part of the human condition. And one day we're going to be glad to trade in this old body for a new heavenly body, just like Jesus did on the cross. But in the meantime, we need to understand our body is a temple. Our body is something that the Holy Spirit dwells in. It's a container for God's glory. It belongs to God. It's a part of his, his body, and he cares about our physical body. It's a part of Jesus Christ. And I believe and I want to convince you that investing in your health is worth the extra time and energy and any expense that you would incur investing in your health on a daily basis. Not binging once a month, but investing in your health on a daily basis and creating habits and lifestyle that will bless you in your future. And I'm I'm encouraging you once again, the best time to start is today. Don't think about the time that you've lost. Think about investing in your health for now and for the future. People are anxious to invest in 401Ks, IRA, stock market, and so forth. What's the concept of investing? I'm going to sacrifice something. That's money I could spend. I could go buy a new waiting but I'm going to save that money. I could go buy the world's biggest crock pot, but I'm going to save money. I could, I could go buy new, new rims for my car, but I'm not going to spend that money. I'm sacrificing today. So that I can be taken care of and happy in the future. That's what investment is, right? And let me just encourage you here. This is not the day or the time for it. But if you're not investing in your retirement, I encourage you to do so as quickly as possible. To begin doing so. To sacrifice today so that you'll be taken care of and happy in the future. Investment in health is a sacrifice, just like financial investment. But I promise you one thing, that if you invest in your health, it will create more happiness and more well-being than any financial investment will. Okay? The sacrifices that you make financially for your future, they will be a blessing. But not as much of a blessing as the sacrifices that you're willing to make investing in your health for the future. Once again, I use the example of some retired people that you know that are enjoying their retirement. And I say, God, if you let me live to that day, I want to be able to enjoy it. I want to be able to enjoy my children and my grandchildren. Amen? So investment today. I, 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 I've heard people say before that have a lot of money, I'd trade it all in. I, I'd trade it all in for my health. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I got all this talent, but I'd trade it in for my health. I got all this ability, this finance, but I'd trade it in for my health. One of the best things that you can do. And I know that there are unforeseen things and diseases and so forth that can attack the body that we have no control over. But as far as most people's misery in their later life has to do with decisions that they make while they're living their life and physical health issues. Are you still with me? Amen. Praise the Lord. So you must invest in your health. When you change the oil in your car and when you do maintenance on your car, it produces longevity and it prevents costly repairs later. You never change your oil, you're going to have a big repair later. In the meantime, you pay just a little bit every three to 5,000 miles, and it prevents things. Good health requires sacrifice and discipline, but good health is cheap when you compare it to how much it costs when you're sick. Being sick is expensive, not just in finance, but emotionally. So I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging you to be physically fit, to be fit in body. And the greatest benefit of investing in your health is intangible. Is that when you feel good, it lifts your spirit. You feel better. You feel happier. You approach day with each day with more uh, excitement, hope, faith, aggressiveness. Amen? So, real quickly, there's some quick things I want to mention about how to get my body fit for life. I want my body to be fit for life. I want to be fit for life because if my body's right, it'll help my emotions. It'll help me in my spiritual walk. It'll allow me to have a better testimony of Jesus Christ that I'm happy. Amen. I'm healthy. I'm feeling good. I'm looking good. Amen. How many like to hear that? Man, you're looking good. Feels good, doesn't it? Amen. The first is to learn to love yourself, as I mentioned. To defeat low self-esteem and to learn to value yourself like God values you. Learn to receive God's love and enjoy the journey of life, as I mentioned, and view your body as your friend instead of your enemy. The second thing that you can do to be fit in body is to get an understanding about this thing called metabolism. If I say metabolism, 
Metabolism means how your body burns the energy that you give it. How it turns food into energy bodies. How it metabolizes food. So this is your metabolism. And the problem is many people do dieting because they want to look better, but diets seldom work in the long run. I said diets seldom work. I could say diets never work in the long run when it's a diet for diet's sake. The reason is it has to do with your metabolism. This is why diets fail so many times. Because your body is a product of hundreds of years of DNA passed down from generation to generation. And the memory of the race or the memory of your ancestors that you don't even tap into and know. But your body knows how to take what food is available store it up. Because our ancestors didn't have McDonald's on every corner and plenty of money in their pocket. But many of them experienced lean times. Times when there wasn't much money or not much in. And so they learned, the body learned, the human body has how to take in as much food as it can. Because you never know. We might go through a couple months of lean time. So we need to take as much as we can. The problem is we never gave the body a message. There ain't no two months of lean times coming, brother. McDonald's always going to be there. The body's like, got it. You know, never know, never know when the next time. See, so the body is, is busy uh, metabolizing this food, turning it into energy. But what happens when you put more calories in than you need to burn is the body has a unique way of turning, putting into the storage pods called fat cells. Because the body knows when we go through those lean times, when there's nothing coming in or not enough coming in, and there's only a bowl of rice a day for everybody, that we can start to burn up that fat during the lean times. And our ancestors experienced this. During the times of the harvest, they would feast and enjoy and get heavy. And through the rest of the then the body would burn it up when they went through the tough times. Uh, but with the human being, we have a problem of having all these fat cells and no lean times come. No lean times come. So here's another thing about the body and, and metabolism that, that works against a lot of people. Is that when the lean times come, the body immediately slows down how much energy that it uses. So it burns the fat cell slowly because we don't know. It might be a week of time. It might be a month. It might just be a bad winter. So we better burn this slow. And the metabolism says you've cut off the source and the supply. I'm not getting as much as I'm So we're going to start burning this stuff real slow. And a person's metabolism slows down. They become lethargic and they don't have any energy. This is why diets fail. Because what you are essentially doing when you go on a diet, going on a diet for two weeks, three weeks, I need to lose my 20 pounds. Well, it might work. It might work. But what happens is, is when you slow down the amount of calories that you're taking in, this is basically what dieting is. I'm going to burn more calories than I take in. And so I do it. I slow down the amount of calories I take in. So what does my body come like? Uh-oh, here comes those tough times we were waiting for. We've been concerned about these tough times. We've got some stuff stored up, but we better slow down the metabolism. Quit burning these calories so quickly. And so your metabolism is slowed. And when your metabolism is slowed, the next thing that happens is you lose weight a little bit at first, but your metabolism slows down enough to where you're not burning any more calories. You get fed up and you quit. Fed up with this diet. You start picking out again. But your metabolism slow now. And so at the end of the diet, after two weeks, you weigh more than when you started. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody get, I have a witness in the house? This is the problem with diets because of, it's a lack of understanding of metabolism. And uh, that's why you have to learn how to keep your metabolism going and moving and, and running and speeding and keep it boosted up. The best way to keep your metabolism boosted 
is to eat a big, huge breakfast. How many people, I have a witness in the house, somebody that eats a real small breakfast or no breakfast at all. I'm, I'm there in with you. About 1 o'clock, I'm like, hmm, I'm feeling hungry. And then we go eat a big lunch. And about 6 o'clock at night, 7 ooh, I'm feeling hungry. Well, I need some calories. We pile all these calories in that our body has no way to burn because we're getting ready to go to sleep. But what happens is when you wake up in the morning and the body has been on a 12-hour fast because you've been sleeping and you don't eat anything, your body says, we better slow this down. We better slow this burning of calories down until it's not burning hardly any calories. Then all of a sudden, boom, it gets a bum rush of all the calories. But when you wake up in the morning and eat a good breakfast, it gets the metabolism going. It gives you energy, and you start burning more calories. And the smallest meal of the day that you ought to eat is dinner. Big breakfast, good-sized lunch, small dinner, and cut out on the snacks before you go to bed. Oh, hallelujah, I'm preaching to myself. Metabolism is awesome because the deal is if you're not burning calories, you're just starving yourself, and you're not really accomplishing anything. So the best thing that you can do to... Get your metabolism going. First of all, is to eat a good breakfast in the morning. Get a good breakfast. You may say, I don't like breakfast. I don't like eggs and bacon. I can't eat anything in the morning. Well, just eat something. Eat something to get you some energy, to get you going. Don't have a coffee breakfast. And and Starbucks uh, uh, lattes don't count uh, for what I'm talking about here. Get a breakfast. Get something good to eat. Amen? Another way is to sleep well. You tend to eat more when you're sleep deprived. When you don't get to bed at a decent time, and a lot of people are physically drained, and their body is, is, is drained, and they are looking physically bad, and it affects their metabolism when they're not sleeping well. And then number three, I'm coming to a close here, is exercise. You knew it was coming, didn't you? Exercise. You know what? Our ancestors were great at exercise. They were very effective because they didn't have cars. They didn't have labor-saving devices. They didn't have washing machines. They didn't have dishwashers. They had to do everything by hand and by foot. And the problem is automobiles and labor-saving devices are creating a sedentary lifestyle to where we can do everything without moving. The problem is our bodies were designed to move. And if they're not moving, it creates problems. It slows our metabolism. We don't burn the calories. We store fat, and we don't feel good. We feel lethargic and miserable and without any passion and without any drive. The deal is, even even young people, if we wanted to have a good time, we used to have to go outside and do something. Now they can sit plopped on a lazy boy with a little thing in their hand, and, man, this is fun. But I have a donut. This is great, Mom. I'm blessed. You know, so, so what's happening is our society has created an atmosphere where it's more difficult. To where our, our metabolism is slowed down. And then fast food and all of these things that add to the equation. And I'm not going to talk a lot about that. I'll leave that to Oprah. You can deal with that for me. But the convenience of our society is killing us. So we have got to get move, Get our bodies moving. That's one good thing about Life Church. We have a lot of movement in our church. If nothing else, coming to our church will help you with your metabolism because we're going to put you in motion, put your body in motion, giving glory to God. <laughs> the best exercise is walking. The very best exercise is walking. And uh, I, I granted, I, I can tell you that it's going to be hard for me to get in the Bible and say. Now, you, in, in the book of Exodus, it tells where Moses practiced his Pilates every day. And uh, Jesus did 37 push-ups every morning. I, I can't find that in the Word of God. But you know what? Jesus did walk from Galilee to Jerusalem 120 miles several times in his ministry. Everywhere Jesus went, he was walking. Jesus was walking. Anybody want to be like Jesus? Get moving. <laughs> Get your feet going. As Jesus walked everywhere. 
Except for that little trip into Jerusalem one time on the cult of a, of a donkey. Uh, and and uh, me- medical professionals have proven that other than quitting smoking, nothing can improve your health more than starting walking. And, uh, you know, some people say, well, I like to jog, I like to ride my bike, or I like to swim. That's great. All of that works. All of that works good. But most people don't have a swimming pool. I don't have a bicycle. I don't like to run. I like to walk. And that's good, just getting your body moving. And the amazing thing, they say that, that walking is like the magic bullet. Walking can help prevent heart disease. Are you with me? Strokes. Diabetes. Cancer, Alzheimer's, arthritis, asthma, depression, gastrointestinal problems. If you walk, you tend to have fewer colds, less stress. You look great. You have less fat, more muscle, better muscle tone, and better posture. So getting moving, walking, walking is one of the greatest things you can do. One of the best things you can do is, first of all, is just develop a, a daily walk time. If you have to wake up 30 minutes early to walk 15 or 20 minutes, just get your body going. Just get your body moving. Get your metabolism going. Get your body burning calories. Get some breakfast and and uh, uh, and and get walking. Another way. I, I one time I heard about this preacher, well-known preacher. His name is Brother Johnny Godare, and he's a great guy, great preacher, probably in his early 70s, and cuts an imposing figure. Just a good-looking guy. Looks like a politician, and. Uh, um, <laughs> Not all politicians look good, do they? But uh, anyhow, someone asked him, how do you stay in great shape, just perfect shape all the time, lots of energy, aggressive guy, sharp guy, and h- how do you do that? He said, well, it's real simple. All I do is when I go to the hospital to visit people or wherever I go, I don't look for the closest parking place to the door. Why? Why not? Because, he doesn't say this, but here's the difference. My ancestors had to walk. But me? I'll drive around for 30 minutes to find a parking place that's 40 feet closer than that one over there. What's wrong with that? When he comes into a hospital parking lot, people probably think it's weird because he parks the farthest parking place away, gets out of his car and walks all to the hospital. And he said, when I make hospital calls or visitation for the church, when I come into a building, if there's an elevator, I look for the stairs. You're like, wow, that's crazy. This, here's a man who's conscious of the fact that our society has taken motion out of our life, and we need to put it back in some way. We need to find a way. Don't be lazy. Look for a way to get your body moving. Don't look for ways not to move. I mean, in, in our society, you can't even watch TV uh, and get up anymore. You used to have to get up and go... Not that I would know. Now you can lay. It's all about no motion and no movement. So as if you want to have health in your body, you've got to look for ways to move. Look for ways to have to move around and, and kind of get out of that mindset of how can I, what's the easiest way, what's the least resistant way, and let's find out how to move. Because you know what, and I read this book, it says one of the best things to do is just fidget. I said, thank God, that's what's my blessing there. I'm a fidgety person. Is just move around, move your body, and walk, and, 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 and take those extra steps, and walk upstairs. Don't take the escalator, take the stairs, and, and uh, park further out. Think of ways to get in some extra walking, and choose activities that force you to move. Because when you move, it does so many things, so many good things. Did you, read the, did you hear the list I read of all the things that just walking and just motion and exercise will help prevent in your life? I'm encouraging you as people of God, if you want a life that's a witness to the Lord, learn how to move. Get around. Move your body. Get active. Can you believe you're hearing this in church? And the final, the final point, uh, my final point today is to have a fit life. This would be a good time for me to take a drink. Is to hydrate yourself. Is to drink H2O. Drink water. Drink water. This is something that I changed 
in my life some years ago and then fell off the wagon and then some months ago I put it back in is if you drink water, enough water each day, then it will take care of so many things in your life. I, I call it the, the, the wah-wah lifestyle. Walk and water. If you walk and drink enough water, everything, as long as you're just not being foolish in other ways, walk and drink water. You know, your body is two-thirds water, just like the earth is two-thirds water. And you must maintain your water level or sickness appears. And even in the Bible, in Ephesians 5, the Bible says we are washed spiritually by the water of the Word. It cleanses us. Physically, fluid within our cells washes and cleanses our body. If you don't drink enough water, things get ugly. If you're drinking only soda or uh, um, just drinking uh, things that are rich in sugar and tasty and, and sweet, then uh, it increase, increases stress and other unhealthy things in your life. So the idea is to drink 8 to 10 cups of water per day or 3 liters of water and watch your appetite go down in a good way. Watch yourself begin to feel better about yourself. Watch yourself uh, uh, begin to have more energy. All of these things are true. I'm not making this up. Watch yourself have to go to the bathroom more. That's a downside, but <laughs> but i got to give you the good with the bad. So drinking water is one of the greatest things that you can do. So what I started doing is I have a, a couple things. I have one thing that I carry that, that holds two liters of water. I fill it up with ice water at the beginning of the day, and I drink it all. Not immediately, but through the day I drink it all. And then if I drink a couple glasses of water before I eat, then I've got pretty much three liters of water a day. Another thing, if I forget to do that, I'll stop by the store and pick up a 1.5 liter of water. And I'll go and I'll drink that down. And then go to the faucet and fill it up. Another, another good tip is if you don't like the taste of water, see what happens is when you start it, it's like, man, I can't stand this water. But then it's like your body begins to crave and, and you're like, man, I need some water. It's because you, you've got into the pattern, pathway of this. And, and, uh, and you drink uh, 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 one thing that we did at, in our house is our refrigerator has a filter on it. So when the water comes out, it doesn't taste like tap water. It, it tastes good. If you can't stand the taste of, of tap water, get bottled water. But it's important to hydrate your life. Another idea is to carry your water with you everywhere. Another idea is to eat fruit. If you eat an apple, that's like a, a glass of water that takes care of it. And so hydrating your life is an important step of being fit in your body. All right. Has everybody got the message? Everybody got the message? Hallelujah. I want to feel good. I want to make an investment in my future. I want to make an investment for my kids and my grandkids. I want to make an investment so that I feel better and also that I look better. Not because I'm trying to be some kind of a movie star, but because I want to reflect God's glory to the world. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's thank the Lord for abundant life. Put your hands together and let's thank the Lord for abundant life. Our abundant life is a witness. Daniel and the Hebrew boys obtained favor because of their appearance. When they refused to eat the king's meat, it was a sign of God's favor. And I'm wondering if there's somebody who would accept the challenge and the wisdom of making this kind of an investment. I'm not telling you to invest money in a 401k today. I'm not telling you to invest in this or that. I'm telling you to invest in your health and in your future. Let's stand together. God bless you. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. Amen, amen. Now, let me tell you something before you leave. The greatest thing. The greatest thing that you can do to get fit for life is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Or let me say it this way. To take your body, your soul, and your spirit and have it be plunged into the Holy Spirit and brought out and be filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what Life Church is about. People experiencing new life through Jesus Christ, uh, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, this is the place where it can happen. Amen? This is a place where your life can be transformed through the power of God's Spirit. Hallelujah. We're going to dismiss in just a moment, and I know we always have...
altar call, powerful moves of the Spirit, we're going to continue to do so. But today we want to make a prayer of commitment because I've challenged you and I've used the word of the Lord and I've used principles that should make sense to you that it's time to make an investment. I don't want to end up like this person or that person. I want to be like this person that I saw be disciplined in their life and they're enjoying God's blessings even into their later years as a blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want us to make a prayer of commitment and you're like, well, usually I just say, well, hey, I'm going to go on a diet or usually I just say, I'm going to start exercising tomorrow. And I'm challenging you not to try some elaborate exercise scheme. Just get moving. Get your body moving. Be thinking. Be conscious of it. Amen. But let's make a commitment prayer together about this because we want God to do the lifting with us. I don't want this to be just a product of my willpower and I get all the glory for it. But God, I'm doing this to bring glory to you. I'm doing this so I can feel better and do more for the kingdom of God and be a blessing to other people. So let's pray. I wonder if you could just reach over and touch the shoulder of the person next to you if it's appropriate right now. Because we're going to pray for one another. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I praise you. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, you're great and greatly to be praised. Lord, you're merciful, Lord God. Hallelujah. All things, Lord Jesus, were created by you. Everything in this world is a blessing for you, Lord God. It's a gift. Jesus, I thank you for my physical body, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. For giving me a body that works, Lord God. For enabling me, Lord Jesus, to work a job, dear God, and to bless my family and to spend time with people. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help me, Lord, make a commitment to be fit in body. In this world, Lord Jesus, that is so full of uh, things that cause my body, Lord Jesus, to tend to be less healthy, I pray, Lord, that I can make a commitment to move and to drink, Lord Jesus, the water, dear God, that you've blessed us with and given us, Lord Jesus, and to be physically fit so that it can affect my mind and my emotions and that I can be spiritually in tune with you, Lord God. Hallelujah, so that I can do and be what you would have me to do and be, Lord. I want to be an overcomer, Lord God. I know, I realize that this is going to bless me and my family. Jesus, I believe this commitment is going to bless me in my involvement in church. I believe this commitment, Lord Jesus, is going to bless me in so many ways. It's going to bless my future. It's going to bless me in my business. I'll be more productive and more effective. And I pray, Lord Jesus, most of all, Lord God, that I'd be able to bring you glory, Lord. That I would have fullness of life, abundance of life, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now let's lift up our hands and thank the Lord that he's going to help us. He's going to give us strength. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're going to help us and give us strength. We praise you, Lord, and we thank you for it, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you. We're going to talk next week. We're going to be talking about emotional or soul fitness, emotional and mind fitness. The following week after that, we're going to talk about financial fitness. There's nothing that creates more stress in families and marriages than financial problems. And being financially fit is a good way to be. And in the final service of the series, we're going to talk about spiritual fitness, being spiritually fit. And then we're going to have people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord.